The internet says a lot of things. Forums say a lot of things. Facebook groups say a lot of things of what we all should have, right? And everyone's like, oh, I got to have this because, you know, XYZ said so and it's the right thing to do. So I'll have dudes show up at Skip Carbine courses like the multi day where we actually do have a short range marksmanship block in it where you're going to run your SPR uh, in a CQC distance type engagements to see the difference in handling because they're a little bit heavier on the front end, they, they, whatever. And like, oh, you have an offset red dot. To date, I have seen. Three students with offset red dots on the first rep actually go to them. Hey, we're all in this together. <laughs> all right. Welcome to the Big Tech's Ordinance Podcast. I'm filling in for Chris today. So if this episode is completely jacked, um, it's it's my fault. Uh, anyways. It's uh, Chris's fault. It's, yeah, it's Chris's <laughs> fault for, for, for bailing. Um, so we're here with Alex Hartman from uh, Ridgeline Defense and then also Jared Reston um, and then Chris, uh, Chris Floyd as well. But uh, yeah, so I guess we'll jump into it. Uh, Jared, we'll start with you. Uh, just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and what you've done. Um, um, Jared Reston, I did 20 years law enforcement with the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office, uh, 17 years on their SWAT team, one of their uh, lead firearms instructors and senior CKB instructors. Um, <clears throat> started a uh, wrestling group training, so I, I uh, own and operate wrestling group training. I've had that for about 12 years now, so that's what we're doing. Oh, yeah. Alex? Yeah, so I started off in the Marine Corps, uh, moved over to the Army, uh, finished up after 15 years between active and reserve. I got into contracting, and then from there um, was uh, kind of asked to start uh, Ridgeline Defense. Uh, so we operate as a strategic partner with the Team O'Neill Rally School up in Dalton, New Hampshire. <clears throat> so combined between the two properties, we have a little over 700 contiguous acres dedicated to training. Um, we've spent the last few years, uh, we opened in 2019. We've spent the last few years kind of heavily focused on build out to build the infrastructure to, uh, to backstop our training up there, um, for, for certain entities and clients. Uh, but because of that, now we have a bunch of infrastructure. We're also able to open up to the you know, open enrollment classes on the weekends, law enforcement classes during the week on, on, on off weeks and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, we kind of, uh, I said, I think Ridgeline is probably most known for our precision side or sniper side, but, uh, we've got, uh, it's not just me. Um, you know, it's not just a, a, a tax ID, you know, like a lot of guys, uh, we have, you know, a, a pretty robust staff that covers the gamut, everything from um, you know, uh, former Sephardic instructors for CQB uh, through breaching. Uh, we, we run a lot of vehicle-based courses uh, for certain entities as well as the long-range piece. So we've got a pretty wide breadth. On the sni- we're super sniper-heavy, just kind of the way it shakes out. We don't even try to be anymore. It just dudes keep showing up that, that are super sniper-heavy. I mean, we have uh, two winners of the International Sniper Competition on staff. Um, you know, top five at USASOC, top five at King of Two Mile. Uh, winner Winston P. Wilson. Um, so we've got this, you know, unique, um, <clears throat> unique depth of bench, if you will. We're like, kind of the nice part is the the stuff that we teach and, and what we do. It's not just my idea. Like I didn't wake up one day and was like, yeah, man, I'm just completely off here, you know, learning on freak, figuring out things. You know, it's we've we've refined and bounce things back and forth from each other. And then with a, con- a constant focus of how do we do as much as we can in the shortest time possible, because usually we only get two to five days, right? So, uh, that's, that's kind of the, the once around the world about me and, and Ridgeline and, and, uh, yeah, just here at the symposium. It's my second year down here. I think last year I was an alternate, but, uh, <laughs> this year I got the, the invite up front. So <laughs> nice. 
Yeah, so I guess m- most of this year uh, here at Symposium, you're doing all you know precision stuff. Uh, took your class yesterday, and Floyd was in it today. Um, I think y'all two are teaching one tomorrow, right? Yeah, SPRs tomorrow. Nice. Yep. Um, yeah, that, cool. the class I took yesterday was excellent. That was my first foray into like that kind of shooting, so I definitely got a lot out of it. And uh, heard a lot of good things about the facility up there in New Hampshire, so I think I think the the, the crew might be taking a trip up there before too long. Oh, it's definitely worth it. I mean, I wouldn't oh, get like uh, right now is really nice. I wouldn't go in like a month or two. It's some cold as balls. <laughs> That's what we're trying to plan out. I'm like, oh, we got to research the weather up there. Yeah, we normally say normally we do a lot of our, our law enforcement training and our travel. Um, so we do law enforcement training usually about 25 percent of the weeks uh, up there. Uh, but then during the winter months, when once it gets beyond the point where it's 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 normal cold, where it gets to be like dangerous cold, that's when we start to uh, to hit the travel. So we'll go down to like Florida. They come to Florida, come yeah. out. <laughs> snowbirds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll, hit, we'll hit you know uh, Vegas, Arizona, California, uh, Texas. Um, you know, just getting down and getting away, getting to, to where it's a little bit warmer, more palatable. Um, but yeah, that's about that. You know, it's a unique format here in Symposium for Precision Side because it is only a one day. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, if you guys, I think, can attest, like we, we, we work really hard to make sure that program is not either so slow and fundamental and rudimentary. Like even though you could spend a full day on, on like the first thing we do um, to have only a day to get it, to, to be able to see sort of like or get some, some buy-in from those individuals who might be. Yeah, I think most people that are here at Symposium are, are if they have an LPVO or, or you know, a scope carbine or whatever, um, they're probably used to running it in more of the go fast up close courses, and they might be trying it as as a dabble. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is to show them really like what they can do with the platform and how you can project speed. You know, like I'm hitting the same splits that a lot of these dudes will be doing at you know ten yards. Yeah, I'm hitting those same splits at three or 400 yards and, mm-hmm. and putting those, those target, you know, and connecting with those targets and showing them the ability to do that. They might not get there today, but they see that it's possible. And hopefully it, it triggers them or, or opens their eyes to something that they want to go do with it. Right. So, um, so it's unique in that realm, but the, the one day format is, is a lot to try to get through. And, and I understand, you know, and that's why I offer my number and, and email up to everybody so that, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's questions coming from it. Right. And it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it's, it's the, uh, what do they call that? Like, you know, 10 pounds of a shit in a five pound bag for yeah. sure. Right. So it's definitely drinking from a, like a, fire hose on on, yeah. on that stuff because i mean but i like the way alex does it really well of being able to break it down and kind of turn it quick and and not make it so static and bullshit so like like me and alex have teamed up um on a lot of like the sniper side of things when i was um swat guy like i went to to, to sniper school and i hated it it was so stupid it was the <laughs> dump like it was it was terribly taught and it, they he, that school was legitimately hurting law enforcement like they're keeping them in the 80s you know what i mean uh me and alex hooked up and it was just like hey i'm going to like literally like just push you so hard because this is the stuff like we need to be fighting with these guns just because it is a sniper gun or precision gun you're still fighting at distance and you got to fight and, yeah because i'm an assaulter at heart you know and i got tricked into being a sniper but you know it's <laughs> just kind of how it happened <laughs> <laughs> it was like you know it, like, uh, it seemed like a good idea at the time right and yeah so, like, um and that, that's definitely it man is is you know uh, 
one of the things that, that I've been spending a lot of time recently is kind of questioning and I don't know why, what really spurred it. Right. And I think might've been part of like was building the facility and figuring out how to build the facility to support training. What does that look like? Big picture. And then starting to think through it and really starting to challenge a lot of like, you know, even like modern type stuff, but that's been just kind of put out and widely adopted and accepted. Um, but without, you know, maybe cross verifying it against like reality or cross verifying it against like other options in terms of uh, speed, whether it was time or whether looking at different things and figuring out, okay, well, what's the kind of deviation look like at those distances, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And where we figure it out, like, okay, what's our actual hit percentage here? And we figured out was, and I, I've stopped calling it training. Usually now I just call it programming. I'm trying to program people to be better humans. Like I'm trying to make them better, like combatants by just telling them like, look, this is all the stuff you need to know that I'm going to make you really good at it. We're going to do rough repetition that you can um, get some ownership, personal ownership of the skill, depending on course length. You know, obviously a one day course, we're not going to get enough repetition to, to get true ownership. Right. Yeah. Um, but one of our longer courses, you know, and, and you come in and at the end of the day, it's, if you understand it, you master it and we can make it more intuitive and we can make it less canned, what I call it, like predictive, canned, just kind of like rangeismed, right? Cause that's a lot of sniper training is right. Oh, we're going to shoot UKD. What's that? Well, we're going to put a bunch of targets out. We're going to figure out how far they are. And then we're going to shoot KD based on those targets. Like it's kind of <laughs> bullshit, right? Like, so, uh, you know, for me, it's more about like, that's not how any of my real shit went, you know? And I find that especially in the urban environment and law enforcement environment and the areas where they're responding to and, and also what they're being called to do, uh, now, no. um, I just don't think it's preparing them to be able to function at that speed of life. And that's, I think, the disservice that's being done. Hi, I'm Chris from Big Tex Ordnance, and I'm Ian from Big Tex Ordnance. <laughs> <laughs> and today we've got the weekly update. So first off from Voltor is the classic Mer upper receivers, right? So we've got them in foliage green, black, standard black. Those were my picks. What do you got over there? Um, for Boomer? all for all the wheel gun enthusiasts out there, we've started carrying some some Safariland Comp Three and Comp Two speed loaders for J frames and K frames. So if you guys need a good speed loader for all of your um, revolver needs. We got some. Uh, we have the new Streamlight Wedge XT also. These come in black and FDE. Great little task light. You know, drop your keys underneath the couch. You're looking for your burrito. Good little option from Streamlight. Comes with a little lanyard on it as well. Solid price point on those. I would I'll yep. have to reference the price point on USB those. USB-C rechargeable and it has a deep carry uh, pocket, pocket clip, clip on it. Yeah, so option. Looks great. Coming up, there's a bunch of classes. We got Paradox training. It'll oh, be across yeah, the street at the, at the, at the range. range. Uh, doing that the 27th, not this weekend, but next weekend. Anyway, lots of training events coming up. We just also posted the Sons of Liberty. Oh, yeah, the Armors class. Armors class in May. It's up on the website. Anyway, thanks for watching. Be safe. Finger guns. For sure. Thanks. And just, like, trying to push, like, you know, like, good enough now is is better than perfect too late like you know what i mean like and because yeah. and, and, 
a lot of times in the, in LE, it's just like lay behind the gun. Like it's, it's easy. Like it's just like, but no, we got to push. We got to go. We got to get out of prone. We have to get on positions. You got to work it because it, it is legitimately at the speed of life and, and we're fighting. Like, you know what I mean, so yeah. that's where the schools like totally change and like, and just helped out because a lot of things you're like, well, I don't, I can't, I can't put that sub MOA group if I'm not prone. Do you need a sub MOA? Uh, uh, you know what I mean? I need what I need to get what I, to prosecute that shot. The pace is the pace. Yeah, the pace is the pace. <laughs> Even with a sniper rifle, it is what it is. Dude, you got to get it on, man. And that's where I'm at, man. Like we we talk about, like you guys probably, I know you heard me say it yesterday. I know yep. you heard me say it today, right? There's two there's two things that every class probably hears me say. I can't wait to show you guys how hard this isn't. Yep. And the second thing is, good enough is. Yep. Right. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, what good enough is? That's the determining factor. Like, is good enough a one MOA shot? Well, then you got to do one MOA because that's what's good enough. Right. Is good enough a, a three MOA shot? Well, then that's good enough because that's what good enough is. Like, you know, it's all about what is good enough for that set of variables or that problem set, right? And and you got to be able to go. And, and really, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm hyper-focused on right now with this is making it easily digestible, making enough of a process that a dude, even with as little as two to five days, I mean, I joke, so like your average law enforcement guy's coming through a five-day sniper school at the beginning of his career, and he may or may not get to go to additional follow-on sniper schools. He might just get his team internal training, you know, hopefully not, but that can be the case. Um, dude, my basic sniper course was like 13 weeks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and we had already been selected based on like PT score, GT score, like uh, marksmanship score. Like, we had weeded the field down. Then you got to your platoon, and from that platoon, it was a dogfight to figure out who was actually going to get a slot at school. And then once you got that slot at school, you had to go and perform and not fail out of the school. So, and then that school was thirteen weeks long, and that was the basic course. And I look back now at what I know. Or I look back at what I knew then now. And I'm like, Oh my Jesus God, like yeah. nobody should give me a gun. <laughs> like, and I'm like, you know, and part of that too, like, and you heard me talk about it today is there's, there's a certain amount of repetition of experiential learning that takes place to make it intuitive. And that's the difference between a basically trained sniper or a dude who can pass school, pass a qual, you know, uh, achieve a certain percentage of impacts on like a known distance qualification or whatever. And a dude who you can put into an extremely dynamic environment of, different distances, moving targets, uh, low exposure, low contrast, different light conditions, whatever the case may be, and still come out on top faster than most and with good hits. But it comes down to, you got to break it all the way down to like, okay, these are the things you have to start doing first at like a basic prone, no distance, or, you know, quite honestly, and I've said this on other podcasts before, bro, we spend a lot of time and not, not here because, you know, it's a one day course, but in a regular course, we spend a lot of time at a hundred yards. Cause I really don't give a shit what you can do at distance. Like we'll figure that out. That's dude. I got a computer that tells you elevation and we're going to figure out when, but like, I need to know what you like your weapon, optic ammo and shooter, the four components of the accuracy yep. equation, as I call it, I want to know what that can do because that's going to tell me what you can do at distance. Because like, I got to tell you, bro, if you can't hit a three minute target at hundred, you're sure shit not hitting a three minute hundred, a three yeah. minute target at 600. Right. So, you know, it, but, it, but it's also, it's letting you know what to do, but it's also giving them, the confidence on what they can do right like and the confidence to say no yeah like i can't do that like mm -hmm. i mean like that's what some things is just like oh well you know i, I got him to lay down and send that round if you've never proofed that out you should not send that fucking round because like, you don't know what you're doing and so but it just builds confidence too of like i got this like i, I always talk about like you know when we're we're doing drills and we're shooting things and we're 
even on the like the sniper side of things, it's like, hey, I do this all the time. So like, if you just like look at like at the gym or something, you look at a bench press and like, there's one one eighty five on the bar, right? You know, I look at him like, okay, let's go do it. Boom. Some dudes are fucking sweating their balls off because they haven't pushed themselves. So like, you know, you gotta start it. You gotta build up and get better and better and better. Get stronger at your capabilities. Like I like to think about like sometimes with firearms, it's just getting stronger, not getting better or faster. It's, I'm stronger because I can just lay down. I know I can push that weight. I know I can make that shot. Let me lay down with the confidence that I'm going to send it past. You know, Alex will talk about sending it past their kids or whatever. Done, son. Like send it. Like let's just go. I know I can do it. I'm proofing it out every single time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's important to understand that and 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 to know like I call it shooter's anxiety or shooter's panic, right? And everybody knows what I'm talking about, right? Like you step up to the line, like think about your like whatever you guys shot pistol or something today or you know whatever. You get up a good fast course and you're like, all right, I got to burn down this whatever El Prez, Cadent, whatever. Yeah. Right? You roll up and you're like in your mind, you're like. I'm hearing Tim Heron splits. Like I'm hearing like, and so you're like, yeah. you're like, man, all I gotta do is I know I gotta go fast. And then you're like, you know, it's like Will Ferrell in old school. You draw that pistol, and you're like, and you're like what happened? I don't know. I blacked out. <laughs> but normally, you're a Dorton. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and normally it doesn't go as well as you'd hoped, right? Because like you, you let doubt start to take brain power away from focusing on what you needed to be successful. So I call it shooters anxiety, shooters panic. And a lot of that comes from uh, that unknown of not knowing, can I do this? Is my equipment right? Right. Anybody, whenever somebody in my ass like, Hey, want to confirm zero. If anybody's like, nah, man, I'm good. I'm like, cool. Give me a thousand dollars. Yeah. Put a thousand dollars down. Let's shoot for zeros right now. And all of a sudden, like, well, I'll, I'll confirm. I'm like, well, brother, a thousand dollars is a pretty cheap ticket to this fucking show yeah. because you go for real, like, especially domestically, that's your career. That's your family. Like yeah. you are, you are, you are betting everything on that equipment's ability to do it. And so for me, I want to be a hundred percent confident in myself, my equipment, my training and, and my ability to articulate that, you know, uh, if, if questioned or pressed so I can go up and do exactly what I need to do when I need to do it, do the right thing at the right time, every time. And that's what will allow hopefully our students to be successful. So that's yeah, I mean, that's like a that. huge thing. Like I, I'm a huge zero Nazi because I know I'm kind of the wink link of the weapon system, but if I do everything right and it misses, it's still a fucking miss. It's a, it's still a miss. <laughs> but like what I I want to lay down like all right, I'm concentrating on doing everything right so I can break the shot. If I have any like doubt on it, like I mean I I would like we would get done with we'd get done with serving warrants. Like we just got done doing work and we're sitting down at the debrief or something like, Hey fellas, Hey, this Thursday we're going to be shooting quals. And they're like, ah, I better, I better go check my zero. And I'm like, bro, we literally just got off a job. Like, you know what I mean? Like we just did some work. We're doing that for real. (laughs) Yeah. We just did that for real. Like two seconds ago. Like, and that, like that. Cause like, bro, I, I check my zero all the time just cause it, it changes. Like, I don't know, riding in your trunk or riding around with you and doing what, I mean, it's going to change. And I just, I want to know when I lay down if I do everything right that bullets impacting. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what I mean? Because I, mean, I don't want to add doubt into it. Yeah. Like, shit, I remember dropping my gun. Yet. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, any variable can be very <clears throat> fucking taxing. Well, to your yes. point for law enforcement, like, the DA doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, like, no one does. I did everything right. But you missed and shot somebody that didn't, or it was a high consequence backdrop and you fucked that up, yeah. or whatever. 
They don't fuck. They're like, oh well, my gun. Yeah, my you zero slip. I lost yeah, my zero. Yeah, that's yeah, the thing. Okay. Cool, you right? can't say like you, you can't send it and then they take it in and shoot it like as the investigation. Like, well, your zero is off or whatever, and be like, well, I told you I did everything right. Yeah. And be like, no, you're responsible for your gun. You're sending that round. Like that's why we, like, man, I'm huge on zeros. Yeah, and and you know, I'm not law enforcement. Never been law enforcement. Ain't never gonna be law enforcement, right? But you know, based on just the you know. With the company and how things are done, we train a lot of law enforcement. So I've made it a, a, a purpose to become more educated on the problems they have. Like people ask me all the time, like, do you teach case law? I don't. The cops I have on staff do because they have experience having to articulate that in reports, writing, and everything else. Like for me, I teach everything from like about 10 seconds left of bang for you to be absolutely <laughs> successful in what you needed is to do. Like, bro, you've got your deadly force policy. Like you have what you do. I am making sure that you have a capability or as a, uh, if you're a SWAT team commander or something like that, that your snipers have the commander so that or, so your snipers have the capability so that your playbook is good to run with no doubt. That's my job. All that other stuff, I've just had to become much more well-versed on how does that dovetail into policy? How does it dovetail into case law? How does it dovetail into like how things are done in terms of uh, acquisition, how things are done in terms of service life, how things are done in terms of training, life cycle of the sniper on the team? So I've had to go and learn a lot of this. And I've been very fortunate to be able to interface with lots of guys like Jared you know, and a lot of other guys around the country where they're able to, to help me get the better understanding of how I can give them this skill and capability, but in a way that's tailored for them to, to be able to apply it most successfully. And then on the open enrollment side of civilians, I mean, I try to like, I'm not a huge PRS guy, my brand of shooting, you could be successful at PRS with it, but I'm much more of a combative minded shooter. Like my stuff is about survivability, lethality, like fighting. Yeah. I want to fight at distance, right? Cause or I want to fight up close. I just want to fight. Really. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, but the idea is my, my, everything I'm talking about, it all comes back to martial intent. And that's, that's kind of always been the brand of Ridgeline probably always will be the brand of Ridgeline. So that's kind of where we're at. And that's, that's how we look at this is, you know, we're, not, I we're mean, not teaching on that side of thing. Like even the civilian side, like even the civilian hunters, you know what I mean? Like learning that precision gun, when that animal faces or turns or does, you have a certain amount of exposure time. Mm-hmm. It's not always like a life or death situation. It could be just like, that's the animal I want and it's not going to give it to, I need to I spent time, time is what time is. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like it could, you have to work smooth and fast and get it going. Like, so like that's the thing. Even you, you take it for hunting. If you're like, you had some bullshit zero kind of off, like, Man, we just got off the back of my truck and I shot it. We're ready to go. And then you just, and you see like the monster, the biggest deer of your life walk out and you missed it because of zero. That's your own damn fault, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's just, I mean, for me, dude, at the end of the day, like, I'm not fucking people how to paper or teaching people how to paper mache. Like, teaching people how to shoot guns, like, with martial intent. Like, Mm -hmm. my, like, the idea is that people are putting, whether for, for their job or for their family, they're putting the trust and confidence that if they have to survive their worst day, that what I told them will fucking help. And that is the level of responsibility, the weight of responsibility that we take to the courses that we teach. And, like, period, full stop. Yeah, I had just sitting in your class, like, the stuff you were throwing down was really, it was very to the point. And, like, some of the other dudes might not have gotten, like, 
this is for very specific purposes. But, like, I've taken enough classes that I can kind of read through it. And, like, your class is very to the point. This is for work. Life or death fucking work. And I appreciate that shit. Yeah, and we do. I mean, I make it applicable. So, like, there's guys there that were big-time hunters. Or PRS guys, yeah. or, or team comp shooters like Mammoth, or, or you know, uh, Snipers Unknown, or anything like that. And so I make it applicable for them, but I'm also I also tell them and be very careful. Like, hey, look. So what we just taught, this is great for real world application. Don't use this at a comp because you might leave points on the board that you don't have to because you have the time to do it. Right. right. So just because you think you can go fast, if you're not like with hit factor scoring. <laughs> don't brother like <laughs> if they give you five minutes you're like i was done at 230 i'm like fucking why like <laughs> bro right. i'd be done at like 459.99 you know yeah. what i mean like if possible if it made sure that i got every point i could out of that stage right now if they're like hey it's uh, fastest man wins well then it's a different story right, right. so again you have to kind of weigh and balance and, and understand the application of each and that's what i try to to harp on and focus on but yeah, man. I mean, I, I try to make it applicable for what everybody, everybody wants, to, like, wants to do with it. And everybody's got their own reason for doing it, whether it's just understanding, whether it's just the new thing. I mean, honestly, long-range shooting, you know, a lot of people I've found are, are finding long-range shooting and, and scoop carbine like we shot yesterday and we'll shoot tomorrow. It's kind of like the gateway drug. Like, they're like, well, I've got a carbine. I can get a scope. Man, fuck it. We're going to do this, right? Yeah. Whereas, like, well, I don't really want to jump into a $5,000 precision rig or something like that. So, you know, you see a lot of crossover there and what they start to get and I think what what a lot of people get the bug from and why it's gotten really explosive in popularity lately is um, I think you see a lot of people they'll, they'll get to a point where they're like, well, if I don't really care to go be like a national champion, like how much more pistol training do I need? Or how much more X do I need? Same with carbines. Like, well, you know, I think there's a sustainment piece that you should probably be practicing. You know, I don't think you're going to come to a class and learn a better way to like, you know, do a bolt lock reload or something like that. But like, <laughs> there's a certain amount you should be practicing to maintain that skill, right? You have to do maintenance on these skills to keep them sharp. But the cool part with precision is like every shot is a totally new endeavor. Like even if like you, you fired at the same target twice, the first one was a miss. The second one's totally new. Cause now you're reading the wind. You're trying to figure out what the miss was. You're trying to figure out how close that's or, or trying to make how fast that split time can be to fight, make the follow up. So you're still shooting the same environmentals. So it's, it's a totally new endeavor and i think that's where people start to be like hey i've got more to learn there's now i've i've had all this extra understanding on how guns work and ballistics and and uh, angles and accuracy and all this other stuff and then they go back and look at all the other stuff that they do and they're able to, to sort of relate the known to the unknown and all of a sudden they're they're this whole higher level of understanding and so i think that's why it's it's gaining a lot in popularity um you know i was actually kind of surprised when i got here last year and there was as many people signing up for classes as there was you know and then this year too you know three full classes and i'm like I really didn't expect that many people show with like scope guns. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I mean the SPR. I mean for me, like that's kind of I got into it. And, like the SPR for me, that's my that's my shit now. Like that, if they're like Jared, it's the end of the world. You only can grab one of your guns off the shelf. I'm grabbing my SPR mm-hmm. because it's a, it's a do everything gun. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean the five five six can go out pretty far. So I mean having a, a scope that's capable of man like a seventy seven grain like match you're you're gonna crush people's souls at six hundred yards. You know what I mean? And we're also we also live in a really good time in the industry where like it's easy to put a recipe like you don't have to try to figure this out. There's a recipe here. Yeah. You shoot a fourteen five to sixteen inch barrel like gun with a really good free floater rail, the stiffer the better. You know, throw a badger bipod in there, a good uh medium power scope, you know, that's size weight appropriate for the gun. Offset red dot if you feel like you need to. A good two point sling, a can because it helps with recoil and and um, 
mitigate signature and you feed it heavy for caliber bullets, preferably in the 5.56 load for extra velocity, I mean, you're still supersonic beyond 800 yards. So it's a very predictable flight path. And you hit with enough velocity uh, with those larger or, like I said, heavy for caliber bullets. Either you hit and you get good effects on target, or you hit, you get more bad effects on target, or it's got better BC to fight wind, or uh, in the event you do miss, you're getting enough registered splash to make a good correction quickly and at speed. Where some of the lighter bullets, like if you don't have a dedicated spotter behind you, and I've seen that now recently, I've seen some classes roll out with people like, we're shooting 55 grain, like 800 yards. I'm like, yeah, you can with a dude that's got a 40x scope behind you, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I want the dude out there with an the SPR that's got nobody else but him, right? Because that was that was kind of my experience, and I think that's going to be the more realistic experience. I mean, even in dedicated sniper teams now, almost nobody's doing sniper spotter unless we're doing ELR. Everybody's yeah. doing shooter shooter. So like, mm-hmm. we're just it has it's just not that way, right? right. So like heavy for cal. I mean the same why uh, at like King of Two Mile dudes are running certain calibers. They're not running like you know. Some dudes are running some light stuff, like 330 enablers, but like you want a heavy bullet to kick splash so you can adjust in, right? And that's, I'm not advocating misses. I'm just a realist and accepting the fact that it's probably going to happen at speed real world, right? Mm -hmm. At certain distances against certain target sizes. It just is what it is. But we can get good enough where we can minimize the chances of that happening. But that miss is going to miss by like three inches, and then the next one absolutely connects. That's what we're after. Nice. Yeah, going back to what you said, um, one of your things in the class, you know, good enough is, and you know, going fast enough to going fast enough and get, knowing what you can get away with based on the the circumstances that you have. That that was something that kind of stood out to me. Um, I know, like when we were doing some of the unknown distance stuff, most of the stuff that we, we were estimating was about three hundred yards in. Given the dope, like if I dial up one mil. I can hit, it'll pretty much be good at anything between 100 and 300. So that was kind of like a, the size of the target that we were shooting was good enough, was big enough that I have that range to play with. And you know what the cool part about that was? And I didn't plan this because it's just shocky setup, right? And so like, that's my modified max point blank. I've been teaching it for a few years. We've got some new stuff like we did today with res and stuff like that yeah, where we got into cool. the engagement zones, right? And I, I don't even know how far I actually went out to. It's somewhere between five and six so, without even knowing. Um, think right. It's... Just shy of a hundred, one forty, one eighty, one eighty five, almost two fifty, three thirty, and then that far one we shot was like five twenty. I didn't know any of that. I didn't know the target sizes. I had. N- no fucking idea about anything except like I think that maybe it's this many football fields. Yeah. And at speed during a demo, I'm going shot for shot, mm-hmm. right in wind. I think I threw one high on that like sets that round plate today, like and made the immediate correction and yeah. got that hit. Nailed it. And it's like, but that's actual UKD. That's not like, okay, UKD, then we lurf it and build a range card. That's not like <laughs> UKD, then we mill it out, we do mill relation, and then we build a range card. Like, that is, I have no fucking idea what size that target is. I'm not sure. Like, I'm not doing 12-inch drill. I'm not doing any of that. I'm well beyond max point blank. I have zero clue how far that is. I'm purposefully ignoring anything on the right side of the range where I could possibly use like a related known to unknown distance with like KD targets. Like I have no clue. 
and we're still able to get those hits yeah. to the infantryman's half K, which is like what everybody's been trying to do for a hundred years you know? like, and it, it, and do it accurately and do it repeatedly and then have the students do it 30 seconds later. That's what we're after. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was badass. <laughs> like I, I ain't never going to shoot nobody probably, you know, especially not with a scope rifle, but like smashing animals, like next month I'm going to use that and I'm going to murder the fuck out of you. <laughs> so. yeah, it was funny today. I turned over and everyone was like, well, well, boys, like, there's nothing that can survive you from zero to about 550. And everyone was like, this is awesome. <laughs> you know? So it, in, and that's the idea is, is make it understandable in a way that they can repeat it. So then they go do it themselves. It's no good. Just come to class and be like, yeah, I was able to do this once. It's like, yeah, I was able to dial it in on my scope. I really didn't know what the hell they're talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I shot it. I did it. I don't know what the hell I just did, but right. you know, and they kept, they gave me 37 corrections and I finally hit steel. Yeah. <laughs> no, bro, that's not what we're after. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, you got to start with, you know, you have to go the old school, do it the right way, build the fundamentals, make sure you were like, even say today was supposed to be like advanced precision rifle. First thing, and I didn't, I didn't jump down and do a full fundamental review, but I demoed a couple of things and then I harped on dudes like crazy trigger control, rear back, body position, make sure that everything was right. And once it was, and we were able to tighten groups up and get ourselves dialed in, then we could start layering the onion. We could start going to distance. We could start adding wind. We could start doing speed. We could start doing positions. But we have to go back and make sure that those baseline things are perfect. If you cannot one shot, one kill exactly what you want to at distance, you have no business trying to do all this cheater stuff to go fast and, and get more real world. You have to start there. Um, if you guys know who Kalen Wojcik is from Modern Day Sniper. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, Kalen has one of my favorite quotes with regards to uh, shooting precision rifle stuff. And he was like, everybody wants to learn the tricks of the trade with never out, without ever learning the trade itself. And I'm like, fucking A, right, bro. <laughs> like, preach. Like, to me, I was like, dude, like, no regrets. I want that tattoo. You know? <laughs> no regrets. No, no regrets. No regrets. <laughs> uh, not even a single fucking vowel, bro. Uh, and like, I, it, that's the fact that so many dudes want to skip steps here. Like, oh, I did this and I, I, I've, I've taken this class and this class. And I'm like, cool. But we're still struggling with like basic fundamental, basic rifle marksmanship. We have to do that because I can't start stacking all these variables against you if you can't perform well with perfect. Right. Yeah. Right. So, but once we get there, we shouldn't just stay there and be like, well, check the box, brother. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I hit good. a thousand yards yeah. hard. Yeah. I'm yeah. fucking good. Like, no, that's not it. Like, we need to push on something. Like, some of the guys were asking me today, like, at the end of the class, they're like, well, where do I go from here? What do I do next? I'm like, well, it's only one day class. So you should probably come there's to a, a There's a class, whole book open. Right? <laughs> um, yeah. But the other part that I was, I was joking with him with, I'm like, because we were most talking about like skills. Like, what's yeah. I'm like, okay. So once you get really good at, at doing it prone speed, uh, then get doing it good, you know, prone speed at distance with wind. Mm-hmm. Now do it speed with wind at distance from positions. Yeah. Like, then do it at night. Then do it under duress. Then do it against movers. Like you can continue to layer the like, and then once you get there, now once you've mastered all that, now start working on speed to get faster and faster and faster. So you can continue. It's never ending cycle, just like yeah. anything else. Yeah. You know, but it's it's one of those things where. But even even if you hit, it's the, a deep, but say you hit the top, hole. bro, you can always you can always hit the top. But then you had sustainment. You better keep like once you clock your speeds and you know what you need to do. Stay strong. You still got to be able to get that weight. You still got to be able to do the same things that you. 
you you built up to do. Like, so there's three phases of learning any physical skill. Okay, it's uh, called the three M's, right? So if you learn it, it and this is not firearms related technically. This is just like human learning, right? So the three phases of learning any skill is your mechanics phase, which is basically what you're getting in a lot of classes, right? Which is a step-by-step, a good class in my opinion, shouldn't waste a lot of time. Uh, it should be very engaging. It should allow for you, the, sh- the student, to do a lot of stuff. And it should be process mapped to the point where you start to figure, you, like either you've been told and write down the process or you figure the process out enough that you can create your own process from it. That's the mechanics phase. And that, that's where most classes get to. The next phase is mastery. And that is you putting in the time and the effort to take those mechanics and make it your own where it becomes much more intuitive, right? Where you have true ownership of those skills and abilities that you were taught in the class. The last phase is maintenance. You have to keep those skills sharp. You have to practice. You have to keep that, that, that rust off the blade because otherwise just, you're like, man, you know, what was back in 84, I throw a football over a mountain, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I would have won stage. They would have put me in. Exactly. Yeah, right. So <laughs> at, at some point, like you've got to, you, you, you just maintain that. Right. But those are the three phases. And what I like to say in our classes is like, yeah, I'm going to try to give you the 95%. I'm going to bust my ass today to make sure that I answer every question you have, that you understand and truly grasp the concepts that you took the right notes. So if you have to go back and all you had was a notebook that you're going to, be able to replicate it yourself. And if not, here's my phone and email, like <laughs> let's figure it out make sure you have it. And then from there, I like to say that, bro, I will get you 95%. And then after that, I, I purely believe that shooting any platform, pistol, yeah. rifle, yeah. skip, whatever is a highly personal endeavor. And so whether that's your personal equipment, what you like, how you do things, it's like exactly that's it. So I like to joke and be like, bro, I'll get you the a, the a plus is on you. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and that, that's, that's the reality of what I think a good class should be and, and what I, I strive to do in, in each class so guys can have that. I don't want them to come for an experience. I mean, not that we don't have fun. Like, you guys know I joke. We have a pretty good time. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I want people to leave with the ability to go back and, and take themselves from mechanics to mastery, right? So that's what we're trying to get to. Yeah, I think at Symposium, it's hard. You know, everything's a one-day format. You know, you only have eight hours, and you're trying to condense what might be a two- or three-day class into one. Um, so it's. I think it's really good for, for vetting instructors, you know, trying to go out and be like, hey, is this something I might want to pursue later? Touch um, the magic. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it is hard to get everything into, into one day, and I think you did a pretty good job, at least the class I took on, you know. No, I agree a, with that. There's a lot of concepts that you, we squeezed in, but I don't feel like anything was really rushed over. Um Definitely gave me a lot of stuff to work on, and um, you know, I think I think uh, I think you did a pretty good job of that. No, I appreciate, it, man. At the end of the day, you I did mean, pretty good. Uh, yeah, all right. yeah. So, C plus, pretty C good. Plus. C's get degrees, good. boys. Right. So, yeah. um, <laughs> you know what it comes down to, dude, is is in a two, in a one day format, you just really have to steal back time from repetition. You got to push really hard. You don't get the time to to uh, do a progressive format for each one of those skills. It's kind of like teach, do. On to the next one, right? And and honestly, this year too, I've I've had a re- like so far as this day two, right? We got yeah. our day tomorrow, but 
dude, we've had great students the last two days. Good gear. Yeah, for sure. Good dudes. Like Makes a big difference. Dudes that are, they're, they come prepared to train. They're ready to shoot. A lot of guys today had a ton of experience prior to even getting a, getting here. So it was awesome, you know, being on the event side. Cleaned up a couple things, but then we were like, dude, we were running. Nice. Like, dude, by the end of the day, dudes are shooting 900 yards off a tripod, making all their yeah. wind calls. Like, and all I'm saying is like, that target, go. And they're like, Roger, you know, and I'm, and, and I'm spotting for them and making sure. And, and like, Dude, that's rat in a day, like, yeah. <laughs> bro, that's awesome, you know. And like, like yesterday, we have dudes that are, are running down. You know, we're doing bounce back drills out to three hundred or UKD drills, and we're we're doing unknown distance out to like you know five hundred yards with the students, and they're, they're doing it in thirty seconds or less, tagging every every target. So you look at like a six second hard time for a shot, which is you know kind of doctrinal standard. So all of a sudden, they're meeting the doctrinal standard for a six second shot for a grouping exercise, but they're doing it at five different targets from or shit six or seven different targets from zero to five hundred yards or whatever, yeah. and like in a day. And that's like, it's awesome to see dudes that are excited by it. They come up with good kit. And that's the other part that I like to counsel dudes about is like, I wouldn't go out and buy everything, you know, don't jump in with like two feet and both credit cards, as I like yeah. to say, <laughs> uh, because you're probably going to make a wrong decision. Right. And then you're going to regret it or you're not going to be able to replace it or you're going to try to offload it. It's going to be a thing. Right. The flip side is don't show up setting yourself behind the eight ball, especially if you're super new to it, right? If you're like, well, they say match ammo, but like they probably don't really mean it. No, the fuck we don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You absolutely it need match it ammo, right? Like, oh, I probably don't need like, you know, they said like 8x minimum, but like my one to four is probably good. No, the fuck it isn't, right? Yeah. Like, and that's what I, just I, I do struggle. like about the SPR courses. Like, dudes are like, no, oh, well, it's like an LPVO course. No, it's not an LPVO. No. You, you will be buying a scope here very, very shortly. Like, oh, I can get hits. I was like, yeah, on a high contrast, white piece of steel. I mean, but let that get shot up a bunch, and then it starts losing. Like, I can't see it. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. Large, I see it really well because I'm <laughs> I can take I'm over it here on 15. Yeah. 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 High high exposure, high contrast targets in good light conditions. Bro, I could get Blowers out here with an 11.5 and a red dot, and we can go out to fucking 700. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. it ain't going to be like what I was talking about earlier. Like, it ain't yeah. going to be a hard a hard deal. Like, how high do, how hard do you need to hold? Uh, I don't know, bro. Hold, like, a full target stand over the head and send it. Like, yeah. we're probably going to be okay, right? Like, it's doable. But when you want to be like, hey, I want to go fast. I want to be accurate. I want to be able to do it regardless if that's a 4-inch target or a 12-inch target or a 20-inch target. In any light condition from sun up to sundown until we get to the CNVD stuff and nods, and you want to be able to do that in any position, not just prone, there is a setup that is required to do that because when you start stacking that many tolerances and variables together, you inevitably are going to f- lean on the weakest link. And so, like, that's the part where I think people will show up and they do get frustrated sometimes is they'll show up with, with stuff that's not on the gear list. And all of a sudden, they're like, wow, man, like, I'm just, I can't do it. My ammo's not, I'm like, yeah, I know you're not, you can't do it. You've got ammo shooting four and a half minutes, brother. Like, we're not, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. like, we're not keeping it on this plate, dude. You've got, you're like a, you're like a 250 yard gun right now. You know, yeah. like, well, and that's the thing is that they're used to shooting at a hundred. Like, oh, no, I, I got this. Like, even with like a two M, I was like, yeah, no, but now we're getting a six. Like, your group size is just, bigger than that plate. Yeah. Like, you yeah. gotta, like, true story. Like, and they're like, and they're like well, and, but you gotta look at their face and they're like, I don't understand. I don't. No, you're like most LPBO <laughs> guns in this industry, like in the training industry, training community, live inside 50 yards, maybe yep. 100, right? Yeah. And the reality is that it's not anywhere near the capability of the system, but you're also not going to see the issues from certain things creep up that close, right? It's masked by 
that Kona deviation, it's masked by the MOA capability. Like it's just not, ma- and it's masked by target size, right? So the MOA target size at 50, you know, of a fucking A's, even a B8 at 50. Yeah. Right. That's, that's a 12 minute target to keep <laughs> it in the black. Like you should have 90 and be at 50. Like, well, I'm fucking good. But like, cool. That's a 12 minute target player. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's, that's a six minute target at a hundred yeah, yeah. five and a half minute. But yeah. like, I mean, that is not something I'd be like, bro, you wouldn't believe what I shot. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like it's just, it's, you know, it's not that good with these systems. It's good. It's fine with, oh, red, you know, if, you're, yeah, if you're yeah, a red absolutely. dot equipped SPR, uh, SBR, like short yeah. barrel, like, you know, 14, five, 12, five, 11, five, whatever. Yeah. hundred percent. That's good. That's a face at a hundred in, whatever your first shot in three or four seconds yeah that's good that'll pay the bills with what you're taking that tool to go do it ain't gonna pay the bills when you're trying to take that tool to go do this work and that's where i think people start to fall off on it right so well shit i got a question for you then i've heard it a couple times different instructors and stuff like that like skyscraper mounts with lpvos at distance like (laughs) oh you're you so were opening up that can of worms. Here's the deal. So I, 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 I've told a lot of people this, and a lot of people have, have told other people this after me telling them, and the reality is it's the wrong answer. Like, you know, some people are like, well, my neck this, my neck that, the fine. If you do that, then raise your high to come. You know, put a, put a cheek riser on, whether it's a little riser, whether it's a, a chopped up mag pool, whether you got to make it from whom, whatever. Um, any dude that I know that runs an LPVO for real that has any concept of basic rifle marksmanship, the idea of floating behind the gun is not right, especially at distance, and especially on, on optics that are usually fixed parallax. Now, granted, they have limited parallax because they're usually low magnification, but the tighter you pull those tolerances, the more you're going to go, right? And you're going to see that start to work together. Also, zeros. So a lot of those, um, um, depending on reticle selection. So there's a lot of guns out here to this week and a lot of guns out in the LPVO world that are running BDC reticles. Those BDC reticles and the math behind them are not meant for high rise mounts. They're based off a one five four mount with a certain grain weight bullet at a certain distance. Right. And they, they put that together. And the more you start to change that, the worse off you are. Um, so like if you have a 50 yard zero on a high rise mount and expect that to line up with your BDC, wrong answer. If you have a high rise mount and a 50 yard zero and you try to expect that to work out with mills. Now there's some weird combos. I've talked to guys with that are running weird stuff, like super fast 12.5, like Hodges, high rise mounts with like one to six and 50 yard zeros, where just because of the speeds and the angles and whatever. But are those same dudes that I talked to, like they couldn't hit anything until I told them to put a, a, a cheap riser on. And all of a sudden yeah. they're like, oh man, this is easy. I'm like, I know. <laughs> um, it, it's one of those things where the, just like having offset red dots, right? So slight detour here but i'm getting what you're saying right the internet says a lot of things forums say a lot of things facebook groups say a lot of things of what we all should have right and everyone's oh, i gotta have this because you know xyz said so and it's the right thing to do so i'll have dudes show up at scope carbine courses like the multi-day where we actually do have a short range marksmanship block in it where you're going to run your spr uh, in a cqc distance type engagements to see the difference in handling because they're a little bit heavier on the front end they, they, whatever and like oh you have an offset red dot to date, I have seen three students with offset red dots on the first rep actually go to them. They all present to the the, right the optic they're on, and it's like they bought it for the right reason. Mm-hmm. They put it in the right place because somebody said so. Just but when they went them. to do it, especially, it's like, oh, I have like a 1.7 or 1.93 mount with a 12 o'clock offset red dot. I'm like, cool. 
you're 100% not going to that. It's a fucking unnatural place for you to look. Yeah, you're, like, like, you're looking over your stuff. Yeah. Like, you have no body indexing. So it's just like close-range pistol shooting or anything else. A lot of it comes down to body indexing and presentation based on, hey, if I just throw it out here. Like, you know, if you've got toes, hips, and shoulders pointing to a target at fucking seven yards, and you grab your pistol and you present in a sauce manner, congratulations. Pistol's on the fucking target, boys. Go yeah. to work. Like, <laughs> you're like, like, oh, my God, I got a sub-second drop. Well, no shit. All you had to do was point, you yeah. know. Um, a lot of it comes down to how natural you can make this. Like, I like how I grip a carving for close range stuff. You know, I like to run my finger right along the 11 o'clock as a right-handed shooter on the rail. Why? I've been pointing at things since I was one years old. I don't have to think about how to point. I'm like, ground, Chris, <laughs> ground, Ike, ground, Jerry, ground, beer. Like, I'm like, oh, well, that's weird. My red dot's on target. Bang. Like, you know, yeah. it's why try to make shooting harder than it needs to be? You're fucking human, right? Yeah. It's so... A lot of that goes back to the same thing. If you put something in such an unnatural place that people don't get reps or they never rep it out to do it, it's just on there like an airbag, right? Like, yeah, it's there in case I need it. Well, I don't know about you. I've never tested an airbag. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like just walk up like, yeah, man, I'm just going to like, let's see what happens. Yeah. No, like you got to go out and proof it. You got to see that it works and you got to make it habitual so that and the fact that it is in extremis close range high speed gunfight you've taken all of your overmatch and skill and ability off the table like any booger eater can fucking shoot you from here to that wall right that's not a fucking test of skill and you've leveled the playing field because you're inside of that distance at that point you need to get that dot on target and you need to start pressing this trigger as fast as you can and working your way to things that are absolutely vital if you haven't repped that and all of a sudden you present to your um, your reticle some reticles can get away with it. Some can't, depending on reticle selection, magnification type, light conditions, illuminator side. Like, there's so many variables that go to. That's why we put the red dots on there. And guys don't fucking practice with it. Well, they don't because they that it's a sniper rifle. It can do this, <laughs> so they like to do distant shit with it. I got it, but it's still a tool. Like, I mean, you got I train, like you know, with my SVR, it's a fighting gun, and I'm going to to fight with it, and I'm going to do up close, and I'm going to take it the distance. Like, so like. I like to like, like on SPR stuff, like going close, dropping, and then then going far, like really working the gun. You know what I mean? Like to its pure capabilities of what it is the ultimate fighting gun. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And that's that's what you got to do. But it's it's not the gun that's the ultimate. Like it makes you the ultimate fighter, I guess. Like you know what I mean? Because you now you're you're engaging shit out to wherever you know six hundred yards, and it's, it's fucking easy. I can engage him at one and go to six. Same gun right now. Dude, the hardware is there. It's a software that yeah. takes the skill and the time and build that intuition. Like, I run quarter-second splits in the SPR against you know, Jared's cadence target, against a moving target up close, whatever. And then I can drop down and run quarter-second splits at 300 or 400 yards. Like, you know, when I get out to four, five, six, I might slow it down to half. You know, but yeah. the other thing, part two, that guys guys don't get is we get really conditioned to shoot and steal a distance where – we're waiting. For I want to hear we're the hit. Waiting for the ding. Like I need, like bang. Please hit. Please hit. Please hit. Please hit. <laughs> Fuck yes. All right. Cool. I'll send the next one. And it's like, bro, what did you see when you broke the shot? You know, if you talk to any of these pistols, like Vogels over here. You know, there's dudes here that are like unbelievable pistol shooters. And you ask them, like, they're shooting, seeing fast enough. They know when they break a good shot, and they can depart for the next target. And they know when they broke a Charlie, and it's they're making that decision on the fly to either make it up. Or drive on based on what time it would take to fucking double back. Mm -hmm. Like, that decision is made based on their visual ability to see the sights. We have the best sighting system <laughs> in guns, right? Like, like 
Our job here is, hey, I broke that shot. It looked good. Cool. Next. Now, granted, at some point, based on target size and wind or whatever, wobble, like you might not. But if you 100% like, dude, my wobble was good. I broke a good shot in wind size or in a target that could accommodate it. Like, you don't need to wait. Send the next one, right? Yeah. And develop that. So either whether it's P for plenty on a mover, right? Or whether it's like, hey, it was a hit, but it needs more. You know, we've been talking for 20 goddamn years now about, ineff- well, shit, we've been talking since Vietnam about ineffective 5.56s and stopping people, yeah. right? Like, you think it gets better when it gets slower? Like, <laughs> you know, like, um, you know, when it's below fragmentation threshold and we're like, yeah, no, it's good. No, like, you need to be able to put that thing down, like, whatever it is, or at the very least, it gets guys the ability or gives them the durability of position to immediately come back on target, ready for the next shot, but also to verify was it an effective hit, was it not an effective hit, and it builds ironclad fundamentals marksmanship unlike anything else. And and that's the difference, whether it's small frame, large frame. Like even today, the guys with a bolt gun, I was teaching them to run a bolt gun the same way I run a large frame gasser. Why? Because yeah. then the damn thing doesn't move and I can see everything I want to see. That's that's the, the game genie cheat code, if you will. Yeah. Sure. Nice. So y'all two have been doing this for a little while now. Um, have y'all yeah. seen any like trends over the past yeah. couple decades on w- equipment, whether it's like optics or rail systems or any? I mean, I, I think the, I mean, not really a trend, the free float rail now, I mean, it's 2022, like a fighting gun needs a free float rail. It needs an iron, uh, minimum of a red dot optic. You know what I mean? Um, and just how much more capable, like, you know, the doctrine of like an M4 is like a four MOA gun. Literally, if you have a four MOA gun in 2022, like, you're like, nah. Like, you're, <laughs> these guns are pushing sub two easily. easily. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's not that, like, so you're, we're just able to push these guns further and do more things with them. So, trends that I've seen, uh, your one to six on a gun is not a DM gun. It's yeah. not. It's a GP. It's a like, general. I mean, fuck. The Marine Corps infantry squads run around with one to eights on everybody's gun. So like, if you're not there, you're wrong. Like it's when the army went to a one to six for their their DM gun like a couple years back. I was everyone's like, why do they go with a six? I'm like, I don't give a fuck what they went with. Why do they go with a one to six? Like, <laughs> you know, like like your average dude's got eight now. Like brother, you're supposed to have like better vision. Um, so that the mount thing has been a, a, a trend that I am I am. I've explored it. I've played with it. And the reason I put it down is because I can, I can show you the data. It's just, it isn't there. Um, if, if all you do is shoot close range, fast up stuff, like just get a red dot. Like, you know, shit. When we do our offset red dot zeros on our scope carbines, you know, I'm zeroing at a hundred. I'm confirming at three, like, because the area of responsibility for an rifleman according to the U S army is 300 yards and in. So, like, that's a U.S. Army qual. So I'm going to be able to maintain my ability to affect hits to 300 yards with that rifle or further with that rifle, but I'm absolutely going to prove that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to rails, like Jared said, free float's a good trend. A bad trend is everybody cutting as much metal out as goddamn yes. as possible to make yeah. it lightweight. Right? And, then, and on large frames, it's even worse, but on small frames, you see it too, where you just get major shift because that is essentially a giant lever on your barrel nut. Mm-hmm. And it's super light and... and yeah, it's light, but you cut all the material out of that too, and now you got a ton of flex. And so, a lot of guys on the short range side or whatever, they'll talk about lasers. You know, bro, fucking laser divergence based on rail flex. Most of these dudes don't have NVGs that can see beyond 200. Realistically, with most light conditions, you plus that laser on there, and you're worried about you know it shifting you know this far or that far. 
I can't get on a bipod without shifting at feet, right? Like yeah. that's the wrong yeah. answer. So that's the stuff that I'm seeing right now where I'm like, eh, you know, that we're going in the wrong direction on that. I know why they're doing it. I'm not saying the right answer is to go back to like Riz to Daniel defense. <laughs> rails. I don't really want to carry around a 16 pound M4. But there has right. got to be a happy medium there somewhere, and yeah, I highly like recommend the, the that rail people, flex. people look at rails when they're yeah. building this for what they want to do. Yeah, I mean, shit. Even on a regular fighting gun, bro. Like, I'm seeing shift at 100 yards with dudes just like tightening their sling down and putting it on. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's no bueno either. Yeah. Like, it has to. I want a light rail. I mean, I get it, but I don't want it. I want it. Still needs to. I want both worlds. Right? Like, I mean, Go to the um, gym more. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I mean, but again, I still want it light. I still want it to go, and it's there. It's I just want it sturdy, like and like you can grab rails and like flex them. I'm like, bro, this is not. And they're like, well, it's light. I'm like, oh, good for you, bro. Yeah, congrats. it looks cool. It's got a spider web on it or some shit. Or you know, what I mean, like get the hell out of here. This kryptonite. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. Yeah. Uh, so Jared, uh, th- uh, where can uh, where can folks find you? Social media uh, website. Social media is just Reston Group on on um, Instagram or Facebook. And uh, check me out on my website, restinggrouptraining.com, for any classes coming to your area. Cool. What, uh, what, what you got for the rest of 2022? 2022, I have uh, Tennessee coming up here November 4th. And then I have some contract classes the rest of the year. Nice. So. Alex, what, what do you have going for the rest of the year and going into next year? Uh, Anything cool? Wow. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. We got some. <laughs> it's from the internet. <laughs> Dan Brokos. You can find Dan Brokos on OnlyFans. Hash, uh, what do you call it? Fucking backslash Brokos uh, com or whatever. Um no, so yeah, you can find us at RidgelineShooting.com. It's got the whole schedule up there for everything. Everything open or everything law enforcement is on there. Um, contract military classes we don't usually list. They're they're you know available by either reaching out to us or, or whatever, whether it's a mill unit or a, a federal agency or municipality, state, local, whatever. Um, we've got coming up between now and the end of the year. Uh, we've got a mountain rifleman course coming up, which is awesome. Uh, we have so we actually have a mountain, so yeah, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, so a lot of stuff we we're talking about today with wind and terrain and stuff like we've got pretty gnarly, pretty yeah. gnarly winds and terrain. So we're we're 20 miles from the summit of Mount Washington. It's the highest recorded wind speed in North America. Oh holy shit! So we get some pretty gnarly winds that come through there, and we also like the valley that we have. It's where the west to east jet stream from Canada and the south to north jet stream out of uh, the Gulf and the Caribbean, it collides. It collides in our valley oh, wow. next to Mount Washington. So the winds we get there are otherworldly, right? Um, so we've got that coming up in November. We've got a couple of pistol carbine classes, uh, stuff like that. We've got some uh, travel classes in Chicago. We've got a uh, law enforcement scope carbine class, uh, SPR, and then we've got a um, – uh, precision rifle for civilians out there uh and then in december we'll be down in florida down in uh, uh st augustine st john's county sheriff's office is hosting us for our uh our designated marksman program development course a five-day course to teach um law enforcement uh shooters and agencies how to launch their own dm program or or rehab their own dm program to make it something worthwhile um at the swat or both in the patrol level so it's not meant to be for snipers like you can send a patrolman they're going to get what they need a lot of it for that course is mostly like farms instructors or range staff that are trying to put the program together and we try to lay out to them like i said i have some law enforcement guys on staff that have done 
the law enforcement curriculum development, the policy writing, et cetera. So we were able to kind of hand it off and be like, here you go, dude, back in Diaz. Uh, and that's, what we got through the end of the year, January after shot, man, we're off. We're back here in Texas. We're in Abilene for another DM uh, course. And then we're, um, Jesus Christ. I think we're in Georgia after that at arena. Um, yeah, man, you're just all over. Well, like I said, we try to travel South and winter brother. To <laughs> so, Awesome, uh, guys. We really appreciate you coming on. This was this was this was awesome to have. All right, uh, appreciate you coming out. Everyone watching, if you could uh, like, subscribe, uh, whatever whatever you do on the YouTube's and uh, <laughs> whatever you're listening to this on. But we appreciate you watching if you made it this far. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll we'll see y'all next time. Should we on video this whole Thanks, time? Thanks, fellas. <laughs>